And welcome to another Monday edition of User Words Podcast. Um, even if you haven't been paying attention to the news, you know what's been going on in U.S. politics, uh, but not everything. But you know that Donald Trump is, uh, they're moving forward with impeachment. It's been all over the news. So it's one of those things that even if you haven't been paying attention, you're at least somewhat aware of this happening. Now, some of the details you may not be aware of, that, that that's the other thing. Now, where you support impeachment or not, that's not what I'm going to be bringing up today. Uh, th- that one is way too opinionated and right now in this country, way too divided along political lines. But what I do want to talk about, however, is something that happened as part of this. So if you have not read the 200 plus page uh, collection of information that they're using for the basis on why you know, they should go for impeachment. This was the document that was released uh, the week, two weeks ago. Sorry, I had to think for a second. Uh, two weeks ago on, you know, various things, including what is controversial is the phone call records of multiple people. Now, the data that was record- released and uh, that is presented in this document isn't the content of the recording. No, instead, it is metadata about these phone calls. Now, metadata, for those of you who are unaware of what this is, really what this is, is this is data about the call itself. So who the call was from and to, at what time, and how long it lasted. So there's no indication of what the content was, if there were favors being traded, et cetera, et cetera. It's just Billy called Susie at 6.30 p.m., Make with that what you will. And that's all that was released. Now, you know, that's used for, you know, hey, did you ever have contact with so-and-so? Yes. Okay. You know, it's just to make sure that, you know, whoever they're talking with isn't lying. That being said, how this was done in this regard is slightly disturbing. Um, And let's go over some of this on what, what I mean by that, about why I say it was kind of disturbing here. (laughs) So Schiff, who is part of this uh, committee, who's leading up the impeachment of Trump, okay? What he did was he sent a letter, in this case to Giuliani, President Trump's lawyer, on September 30th, and gave him until October 15th to comply. In this letter, what he basically sent uh, him, you know, and it was sent from Schiff on behalf of the Intelligence uh, Committee, was for Mr. Giuliani to give the Intelligence Committee his phone records. Now, that being said, this Wall Street Journal article, and all the links will be provided again in the show notes for this episode. Before Giuliani responded, Schiff also sent another, sent a request, a subpoena, to AT&T on September 30th as well for the phone records. And these... This subpoena was sent essentially in secret. Only the members of the committee knew about it. Now, you're going, okay, well, so what? What's that have to do with anything? The thing that's interesting is that the actual uh, inquiry for impeachment wasn't approved until October 31st, a whole month after Schiff sent a subpoena to AT&T. 
Now, subpoenas, you're usually you go through a court, you go through a legal process to get that out there um, and that it's controlled, especially because, you know, this can catch a wide net. Now, I find this ironic that the shift would do this because back <laughs> back a while ago, what was happening is, and when I say a while ago, I'm talking less than 10 years here, is Democrats were going on and on and on about how collecting metadata on phone calls, the NSA collecting metadata on phone calls, was illegal because there wasn't a warrant. And that this bulk collection often, and I quote, it snared third parties who weren't under investigation. And that they cautioned communication giants were working in, as they called it, cahoots with law enforcement to undermine privacy. And that one day this metadata snooping might be used to smear politicians. That's from the New York Post. So what's disturbing about all this is these same things that they're rallying against, they're now using. So if you read the document, you would already know what's in there. If you haven't, so what it has is it has selected uh, phone call metadata listings between various people. Giuliani is one of them. Another person is a reporter. Another person is another politician, Nunes. And Schiff is saying, well, this points to a grand conspiracy, in essence. This is being played out in the Congress, and Schiff said it himself. He said, it is, I think, deeply concerning that at a time when the President of the United States was using the power of his office to dig up dirt on a political rival, that there may be evidence that there were members of Congress complicit in that activity. And he is using this phone metadata as evidence of that. Again, even though there is no content that is ever captured, again, at most you get to whom, who called, and how long. That doesn't tell you too much other than, yeah, someone called someone. And honestly, if you're going to start uh, accusing people of stuff based on that, we're, we're looking at witch hunts. But there's, there's more to this. According to constitutional lawyer David Rifkin, there's no conceivable legislative purpose to obtaining call logs and publicly disclosing this information. Mr. Schiff would not be able to benefit from the speech and debate clause immunity that otherwise protects members of Congress from civil and criminal liability. Mr. Rifkin adds that any of the targets could sue Mr. Schiff under state law for invasion of privacy or intentional infliction of emotional distress, and it potentially even compel Mr. Schiff to turn over documents in discovery. He also says that the subpoenas that were issued to AT&T aren't related to legitimate congressional oversight. Uh, this is uh, all documented by Wall Street Journal in an interview that they did, they did with him. The reason why all this is important, I'm, talk, I, well, I'm quoting some uh, congressional constitutional lawyers here, and given the timeline that, is because there's an older Supreme Court case, uh, Kilborn versus Thompson. It's from 1881, so yes, it is an older case, but as we know, in U.S. law, it still upholds. And in it, the U.S. Supreme Court said that a congressional investigation into individual affairs is invalid if unrelated to any legislative purchase. Now, the reason I say that and bring this up is that Mr. Schiff sent the subpoena to AT&T a month before it was authorized to begin work on impeachment investigations. Now, you might be saying, that's a little crazy. That might be a stretch or something like that. Well, okay, let's take a look at this article from the WashingtonExaminer.com. Again, all linked down below. It says, 
And I quote, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff said cell phone records obtained by impeachment investigators show considerable coordination among White House officials who Democrats believe tried to bribe Ukraine government officials into investigating Joe Biden and Democrats. So again, these records were obtained to try to create a connection and proof. And as part of that, people who were not being investigated had their data released, had their personal private phone call data released. Even though it's only metadata, it's not the actual conversations. But again, a private citizen who is a journalist and an opponent Republican who is not being investigated had their information released. Now, Nunes did say in an interview he did with uh, Fox News that he is taking a look at legal action because in California, where he is from, it is illegal against state law to release someone's phone records. So he's taking a look at this because he might actually have a case in which case, as David Rifkin said, he might be able to sue and then get documents uh, released in discovery and more data might be coming on that at that time. But that is for a future thing on what Nunez does. So that's the basic facts of what's going on there. Now, thankfully, Republicans are not playing the same game and causing a bad precedent to be set here. So after all this started happening, uh, House Republicans started asking the Senate Republicans to start subpoenaing phone records. And Lindsey Graham, to his credit, he shot that down right away um, in a quote that the National Review had. It said, when we start looking into each other's phone records and who we talk to, that gets to be chaos. And I will have no part of that. So good on Lindsey Graham for actually saying, no, this is dumb. We're not going to be playing this game. You know, it used to be the Democrats who said that they were on the right side of history. Uh, for the various topics that would come up, whether that be uh, gay marriage, gay civil rights, civil rights, anything. They were always like, we're, we're the ones who want, you know, you to be you and you to be freedom. And we, you know, we hate the government and them trying to impose all these restrictions and maybe they're catching innocent people. Again, look back what their opposition to the NSA was about the metadata. And now with Schiff, they're saying, it's okay, let's, let's, in a way, it, I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but at the same time, it's almost like they're coming through and looking at the data and saying, well, any way we can make a connection, any way we can say, look, these multiple people talked, so therefore, haha, that proves that what they did was they went to Ukraine to get you know, uh, favors and get Biden investigated in that. It's like they're trying any which way. Now, I would also like to point out that for the phone records that were released, it was only a small segment. Because if you look at your own phone bill, okay, if you're under 30, this is probably different. But if you're like over 30 and you look at your phone bill, you probably see a lot of variety of calls in a given month. Now, this doesn't say how long the subpoena window was open for. So, you know, I don't know how many months Schiff asked for records. For all we know, could have been Trump's entire presidency. Don't know that one off the top of my head. And I wasn't able to find any sources that indicated how long the subpoena was for since these subpoenas were done in secret. We just know that they were done and that's about it. 
So to have all that data and then to publish maybe five or six records, that what that indicates is that these were selected and curated to be used as circumstantial proof and evidence that what they are saying is happening. And it's right to push back on Schiff on all this stuff that is happening. It is right to push back on anyone, regardless, Republican, Democrat, Independent, if they're part of the Intelligence Committee or not. It is right to push back on this, especially when people who are not part of the investigation are being essentially grouped in with the investigation and saying, this is proof that these people are involved somehow with the investigation. And again, because it's just metadata, there's no indication directly of what that is. Now, that being said, um, Congressman Matt Gates from Florida did file an ethics complaint against Adam Schiff. So we'll see if the ethics committee, uh, if they take a look at it and if they do anything with it or not. That will be for them to decide at that point. And hopefully they do at least look into it. Now, that, just because I'm saying they should at least look into it does not mean I'm saying they should find him guilty of something. They should at least investigate. And if they investigate it and they decide, well, you know what, based on whatever, we're not going to co- proceed with an ethics complaint. Okay, that's fine. But potentially should at least take a look at that uh, and see what's going on there. So I I think, honestly, former Attorney General Michael McCasey sums it up probably the best. And this was an interview he did with the Wall Street Journal. There does not appear to be any basis to believe the Congressional Committee is authorized to, to subpoena telephone records directly from a provider as opposed to an individual. In other words, according to a former Attorney General, Congressional Committee does not have the legal authority to subpoena telephone records from a provider from AT&T, from Verizon, from you know whatever cell phone company it is. They can only ask for it from an individual, and then that's it. This sets a very dangerous precedent going forward, because in the future, you may not have people like Lindsey Graham who are principled and saying, just because our opponents are playing dirty and throwing mud and making and breaking rules to fit them in their political agenda does not mean we have to. It is a weird day in America when we have gone from the Democrats being the ones who are saying we are the ones for your personal freedom on stuff and saying we're the party that is on the right side of history to now being the party that, (laughs) at least under Schiff, if they follow Schiff, is on the wrong side of history, and the Republicans are on the right side of history. Because for so long, that has been like the public zeitgeist, the public mindset, that the Democrats are progressive and correct, and they're the ones for the little guy. And that has flipped. And that's scary, if that is the case. So what are your thoughts on this? Did Schiff, and what he did, was that correct? Was that right? Should he have done it? Should Lindsey Graham have said, yeah, they did that, so we'll do it as well. We'll start subpoenaing records. We'll, we'll start with subpoenaing uh, Schiff's records. Should they have gone after and released details of private individuals because they were caught in the metadata net 
that Schiff cast out, we got a lot going on in America. The last thing we need is to be complicit while our rights and our privacy are eroded day by day. 